0: Yeah. yeah. Stuart Mandel from The Athletic. I really enjoyed your story about the future of realignment and all the various possibilities. People are always talking about, well, the Power Five is going to break away from the NCAA. They're going to do their own thing. So that was one scenario I threw out there. The college football Premier
1: League top programs break off and do their own thing, just in football. If something like that happens, I don't think it would be the whole Power Five. If I'm USC, if I'm Ohio State, if I'm Michigan, and I'm looking to purely maximize my profits, I'd be better off playing a schedule of just those teams and not Purdue or Illinois. Or Oregon State, or any number of those schools that aren't really moving the needle.
2: Jeff
0: Green with us here on The Big Show. In your mind, what are your best attributes? You know, being able to
2: play multiple positions, guard multiple positions, spread the four out, being able to attack at the rim. I think that's what I'm best at getting to the rim. You know, being a vet that's been through a lot, you know, I've been to the finals, I've been to the playoffs probably, you know, this is my what, 13th, 12th year. I've been to the playoffs probably seven of those years. So, you know, the experience of that and being on. The finals team, knowing what it takes, it takes some luck, but it also takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of being on the same page to get to that point. You know, that's what I bring.
0: Which is more likely, BYU winning eight games or BYU beating Utah? BYU beating Utah. Yeah, I agree with that because that's a one time deal. Yep. If You're playing on your home field. Are the Utes the better team? I think they are. But sometimes emotion can make up for lack of talent. I expect them to win at least one of those first four games, and I think that's fair to expect. If they start the season one and three, I wonder what. That does for them. I'm not sure I'm seeing where those eight wins are coming from. Jazz, new center, Ed Davis. How do you see yourself fitting in here? What do you got to do? For me, like, the the difficult part is like moving my family, finding a spot, you know, understanding the city. You know, the basketball part
1: is easy. You know, my personality, you know, I I always, you know, um, I feel like I can fit in, you know, adapt to any environment there is in this world. So, you know, fitting in the locker room, you know, uh, I don't even think about that. And then on the court, you know, I've been on a lot of, you know, different teams, good teams. Bad teams, winning teams, losing teams. So, honestly, I don't even think about it. It's going to be an easy transition for me. Craig Jack here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I think the biggest difference we're going to notice is it's near impossible for one player to take away Rudy rolling to the rim. So, with the spacing, what do you do now? You I mean, can't sag to stop him, as you were saying. I- I'm thinking that he'll just dominate. I don't know any other way to put it, and he may step outside a little bit. I think if his game could add a 12-foot or even a 6-foot turnaround jumper like that would be a, a huge weapon in the arsenal. That's where I think it separates him from being an all-star is to add that extra offensive skill. Manny Bowen, linebacker for the University of Utah, did not report to camp is reportedly retiring from football. That hurts the well, Utah, by the way. Well, yeah. Tough to entirely judge these things because we don't know the circumstances of his personal life. I would guess Utah isn't wild about the timing. No. That coaches are not wild about a no-show to
0: the first day of camp. Obviously, this team has a lot of preseason hype. Right now, it seems like the questions are about the offensive line receivers and now the linebackers yep I would totally agree pretty important areas to uh, but they have talent in the program I I believe that David Locke radio voice of the Utah Jazz I almost have the feeling it's Mike Conley's locker room already I think that's going to be really interesting I think it's going to be really valuable for Donovan to have a new voice and that's going to be Conley who I think he turns to and listens to and asks about life I think Rudy will Still have his impact, but maybe in a better way. Maybe Rudy can just be that guy that's demanding you to perform at a level of excellence at all time and not have to then also turn around and try to leave the locker room. But it's pretty clear to me it's Mike Conley's
1: locker room when the veterans are all signing here because Mike Conley signed here. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out.
3: Is everybody ready?
0: Let's get rolling.
3: This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280, The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Thanks for making us a part of your Friday.
0: Continuing on with Gordon's List. Yes, we are, Jake. Uh, I tease this, Magic Johnson countered what David Griffin said about LeBron and that he is, in fact, committed to winning with the Lakers. LeBron said he was shocked by David Griffin's comments that he had lost sort of that that primary focus on winning because he's so involved in other interests and uh, And now David Griffin has sort of uh, backed it up a little bit and said, uh, well, they were taken out of context my comments and all this stuff, but i I'm not really buying that so much. I think his statements were what they were.
1: And I think that they were true and accurate and And here's the thing: LeBron is so good, and he he, he carried that Cleveland team the last uh, the, the last one that went to the finals. I mean, he carried yeah. them all the way there. But you can't tell me, you watch him play defense? I mean, the intensity of him on that, uh, from him on that side of the ball has been waning for a few years. And an example in the, in the article about David Griffin, which is right on the money, is that Cleveland team that won was, and I can't remember the exact ranking, but they were right in the middle when it came to defense. It was, mm-hmm. it was like 12 or 13, something along those lines. And after that, they went to dead last in the league in defense. And if, if you watched LeBron last year, his numbers didn't dip. But his effort on the defensive side of the ball was not what it has been traditionally.
0: Well, let me say it this way, and I think you were saying the same thing, that you can certainly understand why Griffin would have said what he said. Yes. And now the heat comes, and now he starts dancing around and trying to say certain things to soften the blow a little bit. Because taking on LeBron is a big, big deal in the NBA. Or it was,
1: anyway. <laughs> But LeBron himself has said, "Gordon has said, I don't have
0: anything left to prove to anybody." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so it's an an interesting thing, Jake, about athletes and how they stay hungry after they've already been to the mountaintop. That, That that's a fascinating study to me, and I don't know whether it's born out of competitiveness or whether it's born out of insecurity or where it comes from. But some guy, look at Tom Brady, for instance. I mean, does anyone doubt his competitiveness or that he's satisfied? I don't know where you'd get that from. And yet other players with, uh, with really good ability, man, they just sort of say, okay, well, I'm you know, trying real hard, whatever. But Brady has to.
1: Well, I, I think kind of what you're getting at is the reason why we see players in the final year of their contracts have these just unbelievable seasons and then they sign big deals and then <laughs> you don't <laughs> hear accomplish. from them again. You know, it, it happens quite a bit. Uh, I think what you're, you're alluding to how to cope with, you know, your own success. I, I think that uh, that's something that athletes struggle with a lot. And I think the best of the best are the ones that figure out a way to, uh, get out of bed in the morning and do what's required of you to, you know, uh, to reach the pinnacle.
0: Did you ever question the drive of, say, how about somebody who never won a championship, John Stockton? I mean, that guy was, it seemed like the fire burned every single night. Right. And and some guys just aren't wired that way. They try to be, they want to be, but they're not. Well, and some guys aren't motivated by championships.
1: I mean, you know, some guys are motivated by money. And you get that money, and all of a sudden that motivation to put food on the table isn't quite as dire as it was for you to get to where you were in the first place, and now you're not as motivated to put in the work necessary to be the best that you can be.
0: Okay, so play psychologist here for a second, Jake. What percentage of the league do you think has to win? Has to win. I'm talking that just like they're miserable if they don't. I wonder where you would draw that line. I bet it's lower than you would think. How low? Um, Because it really is. A lot of these guys have talent. You know, but they're just not driven the way other guys are. And that that extends to the off season. It extends to workouts. It extends to how you take care of your body. All that stuff. Well, how many – just think about this for a second.
1: How many bigs in the league actually like basketball? <laughs> they just sort of were grafted into it. I mean, if you're 6'10", 6'11", and athletic. Here you go, son. I mean <laughs> – the, there's a, a high probability that you can make a lot of money in the NBA. How many of those guys actually love the game? Wasn't that uh, Greg Ostertags admitted that before? Right? Yes. Yeah, that that he didn't really like basketball, yeah. but he's seven one, and yeah. I, I know we don't think of Greg Ostertag as the most athletic player in the NBA, but an athlete. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to play basketball. I have a, I, I'm have sure Adrian gets this all the time. He's only 6'4". I have a buddy who's 6'6", hates basketball. But you know what question he answers five times a day? Oh, you must play basketball.
0: Where'd you huh? play college? <laughs> well, that's why I have respect for, and I guess respect is the word, but Michael Jordan, he, he was unfair because he had the best ability physically and he had he had the greatest need mentally. He just had to. Yep. And he was going to do everything he could to make that happen, and that's what. And I don't is that insecurity. I wonder where that comes from. You need a psychologist to to, to dissect that. I bet a lot of it is insecurity. I mean, would a completely
1: secure guy at his Hall of Fame induction speech go blasting Brian Russell? <laughs> you remember that? Yes, I remember did. how petty and weird that yes. was. Yes, that's that's that thing in Michael Jordan that drove him to be as great as he was. And you talk about he was he was given the skills. Well, he developed those skills. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure there have been other 6-6 six, six athletes like Michael Jordan in the NBA that are nowhere near as good as him because he had that weird thing that that drove him to be what the you know, the best possible
0: player he could be. He had both. And he was the best at both. In my opinion. That's what made him the greatest ever. Right, And, uh, yeah, I don't know what the percentage is. I don't know what the percentage is for who's motivated by money. Because once you have the money, then how motivated are you? Right. Are you just going to go through the motions? It's hard. It is hard to be up for every game in the NBA. Mm-hmm. 82 games. How do you do that? Football might be a little easier, but you're banged up all the time. You're hurting, so you got to be driven to get your body out there and going. Uh, baseball, I don't know. You play
1: baseball, right? I'm sure You know how many baseball games they play? I'm sure they're not
0: in the mood occasionally.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's why being so, a, a starting pitcher would be the best.
0: <laughs> a relief pitcher or a starter?
1: I always liked relieving better, but in the majors, I think being a starter would be way better, right? You work one out of every five games,
0: and the rest of the time you're playing golf? Sounds pretty sweet. Think about that for a second, all y'all out there. You know, those of you who played sports at some level. Where did you rank on that? Were you uh, really into it? Did you feel like you wanted to win more than your teammates did? Or was there, were there other people on your team that wanted it more and you were just kind of along for the ride or whatever? I don't know. And maybe some of these same things are evident in business in the real world somebody who is motivated every day I mean their identity is tied to their performance at work that's that's part of who they are it's a big part so what do they do they go the extra mile even though they're not getting paid they might not even get paid anymore to do it but they just have to that's I find that stuff really fun to think about, and I, uh, you know, I don't
1: pretend to be inside LeBron James's uh, brain by any means, but we know what he said about how he doesn't really have anything left to prove. And look at that's how, why he went to the Lakers, right? Look at how many things are dividing his attention. Going to the Lakers at the time that he did—that wasn't a basketball move. No, it was for show business, right? And his interest there in Hollywood, which is fine, by the way. This is America; knock yourself right <laughs> out. But I, I can see what what David Griffin was getting at.
0: Jake, a Michigan man, tried to cut down weeds in his yard with a blowtorch. Don't know if you saw this story. I did. It reminded me of
1: uh, the Brian Head fire from a few years ago. Remember well, the, that? Well, this
0: guy set an entire—not an entire, but a, a, a portion of a trailer park on fire. Just a little public service announcement. You can't mow your lawn with a blowtorch. All right. I don't. I don't. You can, yeah, you
1: can, but it's just, you know, you can cause Pond. Hey, did you ever hear the the nine one one call uh, about the Brian Head fire? No. So one of this bozo's uh, neighbors called the cops and said, "My neighbor is weeding his yard with a blow uh, with a flamethrower," and actually said, "This guy's going to burn down Brian Head." And that guy burnt down Brian Head. Hmm, that's not funny. No, it, I think it was the most severe wildfire in our state's history. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I, I seem to remember that from the time.
0: You remember the old TV show Streets of San Francisco? I don't. Adrian, you ever heard of it? No. Michael Douglas? What was the other guy's name? Carl Ma- Malden? Like we haven't you? heard of the show. How would we know? Well, I thought maybe you'd heard of the actors. You know Michael Douglas, right? Uh, uh Kirk's son, yeah. yeah. Well... <laughs> The show was called Streets of San Francisco. Well, now... It brings, a, it brings a different connotation because the streets of San Francisco are filling up with poop.
1: I've heard this. I've, I've heard it's a real big deal there, actually. So San Francisco
0: now has an official poop patrol. It seems like it shouldn't be necessary, but... That's all I'm gonna say about that. That's all you've got, huh? And is this human poop? Is that yeah, my uh-huh. understanding? Not that? That dog? Because they've got a they've got a real serious homeless problem there. Mm. Uh Jake, another five star college basketball recruit will skip college to prepare for the two thousand twenty one NBA draft by work not by going to some professional team overseas, but by working at a twelve month training program. This kid's name, I don't even know if I'm saying it, is Marjon Beauchamp? Is that how you say his name? Sure. Why not? He's from Arizona. That's what uh, Dante Exum did, right? He's worked out in L.A. He, for a year. Yeah, just gonna, that's what he's going to do. And this is, this place, I think, is based in San Francisco, but this is interesting, man. People think they can get it done better on their own, or not on their own, but in other circumstances. That's all college basketball needs is more guys saying, no thanks, I'm going to do it my way. Well, a lot of people think
1: college basketball would be better off without the one and dones Just go along, just go and make your go play pro and let the the kids that want to play college basketball play college basketball they're to, and they're going to
0: stay longer. Right, because that's what they want to do. This is kind of the highlight for them, and they want to give it their all. Right,
1: and, and I do. I do think that there is some logic to that. But I, I'm telling you, if I were in this person's shoes, I'd play college basketball because whether you like it or not, it raises your profile. It does. He's not going to raise his profile
0: one bit by doing that. But we'll, we'll see if this is if this becomes a trend. I and I don't know if it will or it won't. We've heard of a couple of cases of it. This guy's a five-star recruit. I mean, he's very highly thought of. So, I don't know. Did you see the story about Steven Jackson? I did, yes. Dude signs a one-day contract to retire as a Ram. Hasn't really done anything of late. He wants to retire as a Ram, so he, he signs this contract. And then what happens? He's randomly selected for a drug test by the NFL. On the one day that he's back. His response? Uh... Roger. Thanks but no thanks. Not gonna do that. Not <laughs> gonna show up for that. You that story when you saw that?
1: I I couldn't and it makes me kind of wonder how the selection process goes for random drug testing in the NFL.
0: I don't know. Is there is there
1: a call out for the wizinator? No, he's just not going to show up. Why does he care if they suspend him? <laughs> Contract's done. over. Yeah, why, the, the the whizinator is to <laughs>
0: fool the test. He's just not
1: going to take the test.
0: Sometimes you just wonder what's going on in NFL leadership. I understand that they're making billions of dollars and whatnot, but that story just made me laugh. Uh, Jake, uh, some outfit did a study to see which NFL fans swear the most. Can I guess? Well, it turns out that the lousy teams' fans swear a lot more than the good teams.
1: Oh, I didn't even think about that. I was just more thinking of stereotypes because I would okay. said I would have said the Eagles. Give me the five worst. Well, no, pro- it's not the Eagles. Probably Browns fans. Browns are among our third worst. Got to be Raider fans. Raiders are fourth. I mean, you've heard Lloyd. <laughs> uh, let's see who else is. Yeah. I mean, do the Jaguars even have any fans? Jags number one, number one, number one, number one.
0: I think they measured Must be it by percentage. The, it was yeah. a, there aren't yeah. a lot of them. It was a square word per every eleven words spoken, or some crazy thing like that. So so, how they measure this stuff beats me, but they do. The Titans are in there, and the Dolphins. Hmm. So yeah, I guess you got to draw
1: the conclusion that if your team sucks, then probably curse a little bit more. I suppose. Although you can curse when you're happy. Cursing doesn't have to be uh, a negative thing.
0: What environment in which or what which environment are you most prone to swear? To curse? On oh, the air.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, sitting around with my buddies, I guess? It's gotta be the golf course. Uh eh, I guess. What are you fishing for here? No, I, I don't know. When do you swear the most? Yeah, i just sitting around and shooting the breeze with
0: the buddies. <laughs> Not in front of your wife? Uh, no, she doesn't mind. Not in front of the kid, though. Have you tempered your language now that you've got a little one?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I don't need her going over to grandma's house. <laughs> off a few choice ones now, do I? She's
0: picking up words left and right. I know they're like sponges, man. Right, they, they pick this stuff up.
1: So I gotta, you know, gotta watch mm. myself a little bit uh, uh, on that one. But my you know, kid is just swearing at him every day. Where where do you curse?
2: The most, I, I heard
0: one of my grandkids uh, let something loose the other day, and uh, so I had a little conversation with my daughter, and she wasn't sure where that came from. I think I'm looking at him. No, not me. I'm not. I don't roll that way. I mean, where do you curse ever, the ever, most, Gordon? I, I don't. I don't swear a whole lot. Just a little bit, maybe on occasion. Adrian, you've been exposed to everybody on this radio station. Who's got the foulest mouth? I mean, it's Lloyd. <laughs> I, I would say Lloyd or Austin. Right, those are the two. Yeah, yeah. How do they do it? How do they? This is. I, I have done shows before with people who right up until the light goes on and the mics are hot, swearing like truck drivers, like sailors, if those are the two people who swear the most, I don't know. Just cursing left and right. The light goes on. Well, hi, everybody. And I always wonder, how do you do that? How do you use certain words in a part of your language all the time and then turn it off on the air? It's real easy because your professional career is literally on the line. <laughs> but you know how it is when especially you guys who are constantly talking about certain things, you got to put it in cruise control and it just seems like it would be easy to have a word slip out every once in a while.
1: We can still uh, proceed with the list coming up next or have we exhausted it? Got
0: two more things. I like it. I'll get three more things. Want to give us a little teaser? The best story I've seen in a long long time. How about that? Yeah, got that coming up. And then uh, a concerning story about college football. And uh, there was a certain professional football game played last night. If you could call it that. If that's what you want to call it. Did you you watch? Do you care?
1: I unfortunately watched some of it. Yeah, Not pretty. We'll get to it all coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.
3: Welcome. This is DJ and PK.
1: Mark Harlan, Utah AD, join us in studio. Future schedules with P5 schools, and as you add P5 schools, then people want to know, well, what does that mean for playing BYU? We really do want to continue to reach out to top-tier P5 schools, so we're continuing to do that. I stated my intention, we're going to continue to play BYU. I've said that from the very beginning. Now, if there's a situation where another P5 comes forward and we need to look at it for the good of the Utes, then I'll call Tom and Home down there, and we'll chat it through. But that's our intention is to continue to play BYU.
3: Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. There's something in the air. Can you feel it? It's that time of the year again.
1: Time to get back to the ballpark for Salt Lake Bees baseball. Under the stadium lights. The Bees take on Oklahoma City July 30th through August 1st, then New Orleans the 2nd through the 5th. Come celebrate a on August 3rd in a mascot celebration for Bumble's birthday on Monday, August 5th. Get your tickets at the box office or at slbs.com with no online fees. Bees Baseball. It's better at the ballpark. At Ace, we believe there's nothing better than helping kids. That's why we've been proud to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals for over 25 years. This Friday through Sunday, get our 5-gallon bucket and 20% off almost anything that fits inside when you donate $5 to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And like Ace, CMN Hospitals are
3: local, so the money you donate helps kids near you. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Offer valid at participating stores on regular price merchandise only. Additional conditions and exclusions apply. See store for details. The best coverage of the Utah Jazz in the NBA is right here on The Big Show. Ticket on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 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 <laughs>
1: show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone Gordon Monson, Jake Scott we want to remind you about the Tour of Utah podcast go to 1280thezone.com Learn how to train for the summer of cycling and the best places to watch the upcoming tour of Utah. Rolling on with Gordon's list. Uh, we'll play highlights from the Mark Harlan interview this morning with DJ and PK. We'll do that coming up top of the 5 o'clock hour. Yeah, some
0: good stuff. There.
1: Covered a lot of ground, so we'll uh, we'll crunch through it coming up at 5, but let's uh, roll
0: on with that list. All right, Jake. An, a North Carolina State defensive lineman, a fellow by the name of Laurel Murchison, mm-hmm. he's a good player. Well, he rolled up to fall camp, preseason camp, at uh, State in a $300,000 Rolls Royce. Jeez! Now, I don't know whether this is the car of a friend or where it came from, but I'm not sure that that's the way you want to do it. Not a good look. No. Not according to the NCAA. Well, somebody's got to ask him where he got
1: the car, right? (laughs) Although Reggie Bush apparently was rolling around USC in a
0: tricked-out Impala that he could never afford, and nobody asked any questions. Well, this is just drawing attention. I understand. We talked about this the other day. Who is it? The NFL player? It's uh, Antonio Brown that like always shows up. Came in the hot air balloon yeah, yeah. this time, and always to find some interesting way to appear at camp. But uh, I thought that was of note. What's it? Uh, what's it like?
1: paying 300 grand for a car i couldn't tell you couldn't or wouldn't great question adrian is it hard when the when the the check you know handing over the check is that difficult with that kind of money
2: or is like that italian imported leather like so good that
1: you don't even notice that you just happily hand it over
0: all right then (laughs) Did you watch any of the Hall of Fame? Games I have a nice car. Uh, I watched a little bit of it. And I didn't watch one second of it.
1: I don't blame you. Uh, I mean, there wasn't really it. it it's preseason in the NFL. I mean, I love the NFL, and I'm going to spend a great deal of time watching it in the I upcoming hate, months. I but hate exhibition games, well, can't the, stand them. the the preseason. I mean, it's just uh, if you like watching sports for competition. I mean, winning is not what they're trying to accomplish in
0: those games. So, in other words, every player is thinking like LeBron James when he went to the Lakers it's preseason games are funny because it, it's a weird mix of
1: veterans who are assured of their spot who don't care yeah. and people scrapping to make the club right, right so right. it's this this weird like conflicting vibe
0: but at, like neither group is really prioritizing winning the game it's just it's I understand that these coaches want to get a look at the players and that there's some usefulness to it but uh, when you're playing the guys who you already know, uh, can play. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Meanwhile, the fans, as a part of their season ticket packages, they have to buy. They have to buy these games, which is ridiculous. By the way, it's it's, it's, a, it's a total ripoff. I mean, the NBA just has a few of them, and I, see, I I have no problem with a proportionate amount, but uh, I think there's too many in the NFL because I hate these preseason injuries. Can't stand them. And we've seen that in too many cases where guys get hurt for next to nothing. I can't believe they have
1: gambling lines on preseason games. Do they? Uh-huh. Hmm. I think the Broncos were favored by like two and a half last night, something like that. How do you set a line on a preseason game? <laughs> where, where teams aren't trying to win it. And you don't know who's going to play. Yeah, that's... I mean, if one team decides that their starters need more work than the other... You know how do you how do you come up with a line on on that? Because I mean that's that's kind of a, a, a crucial part of gambling, right? Is that both teams are trying to win?
0: Yeah, I don't know if uh, if I were to ask you of all the pro sports, which preseason games are the most tolerable? What would you say? Because people talk about spring training baseball games being a really fun time. I have never gone to spring training, but I hear these wonderful reports about how cool it is. Well, college football has the best preseason. None? That are non-conference games, if you want to call it that. (laughs) And the NBA games really are, uh, because they keep that somewhat limited, you know. It's uh, relative to the number of games that are in a regular season. And people are so fired up about the Jazz this time around. I think uh, people will uh, pile into the arena to see what the Jazz look like. Well,
1: now, that's actually a good point. Some preseason games are more interesting than others, depending on where the team is at. I mean, last year with the Jazz rolling back the entire team, preseason, you there wasn't yeah. really a whole lot to learn. This year, there's going to be plenty to learn in the preseason because these guys have never played together. Um, you know, is the offense? Uh, Jeff Green, when we talked to him last week, seemed to hint that that Quinn Snyder might be changing some things. Yeah. So what are those things, and how much of that are we what's going, it to going to see? Look like? And what's yeah. it going to look like? So, so that's actually a really good point. Depending on where your team is at. It makes preseason more or less
0: interesting, and for the reasons you already pointed out, Jake, earlier in the show, that uh, Quinn will be motivated to work on some of that stuff in live action, regardless of whether you're playing the Adelaide 22ers or whatever that team's called, right. the 36ers. What's that team? I called? think
1: it is the 36ers.
0: Uh, that he, you know, because he only has so much time to get this thing all set, right. so that when the games actually count, you reduce the bumps in the road. So the, you're right. This year's
1: preseason for the Jazz might be really interesting, but last year it was not. Yeah. So it I know. I'm,
0: I'm interested to see what it's going to look like. Well,
1: I mean the the Broncos last night. The the main reason I didn't even see him in the game, but because I didn't stay long. But the 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 reason I turned it on in the first place, I want to see Drew Locke, Right. I mean, want to see the quarterback that a lot of people were saying was the best in the draft, and see how that went. And so, how'd it go? I, I didn't
0: see it. <laughs> I didn't see it all. All right, so, yeah, that's just the way it is. All right, Jake, uh, this is the terrific story I was telling you about. Let me preface it by asking you, if you could, when you were younger, Mm -hmm. because you'd be retired by now at your old age as a professional athlete, but let's say you were 22 and you could step into any uh, professional sport and actually make it or at least have a shot of making it,
1: which sport would you pick? You've asked me this several times before. Yeah, but I'm asking
0: it in a different way
1: because of this story. My answer always is going to be that golf, 100% golf, every single time.
2: Adrian, how about you? I think golf sounds pretty nice. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Just because of the lifestyle? The rolling party that is the PGA Tour. But there's a lot of travel. There's a lot of travel with all professional sports.
0: Well, like in the NFL. What professional sport is In the NFL, there a lot of Games are at home and you only have to go on the road you know, a handful of times.
2: But it's never cold. It's true. It's never cold <laughs>
1: on the PGA. <laughs> the only tour. time it's
2: cold ish is the open, and that's in like the 50s, so
1: whatever. You're going know. to all these beautiful places playing on these gorgeous golf courses. Everybody just rolls out the red carpet for you wherever you go. Yeah, man, so me Win certain up.
2: tournaments and you n- are never kicked out for at least five years, even if you're terrible. You win the Masters and you get to play every time.
1: Uh, did you see the story today about Th- uh, Th- Born, uh Olsen or whatever his name is, the Thunder Bear? Those guys are wild.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. Well, Brooks Kepka looks like he's living the good life, doesn't he? He's just one of them. Yeah. And who else?
2: Dustin uh, about- Johnson got in a little bit of trouble a couple of years ago think for ab- having too much fun. Think, right.
0: think about Phil Mickelson. That guy looks like he's living the dream. He married uh, a
1: cheerleader from Hillcrest High School, right? right? And all he basically does with his life is high-stakes gambling. Awesome?
0: $100 bills literally fall out of his pocket. <laughs> right? Indeed, man. <laughs> he has made so much money. So much money. What would your answer be? <sighs> Golf is hard to beat.
1: Oh, that's the answer
0: Yeah, 100% yeah. is the answer there's no if, like even If you were gonna have an a equal, close second if you were going to have an equal amount of success in any of the sports yeah I think that's the one to go with but the reason I asked the question in the first place maybe you saw this a fan went to a Rockies baseball game where they had a pitching contest and he clocked in at 96 miles per hour this is a regular old fan What happens? The A's sign him to a contract. His name, Nathan Patterson. Good day to be Nathan Patterson. That is America. Isn't it? That's America. Right there. Imagine being able to throw 96 miles an hour. You're not not a professional baseball player. No, but I got to say, there is
1: a lot more that goes into pitching than just being able to throw hard. Well, they signed him to a contract.
0: There aren't very many people who can throw 96 miles an hour
1: yeah but can he hit what he's throwing at because that's a really important part of the process i don't remember, know if you knew
0: this remember in bull Durham when uh Kevin Costner goes out to the mound and tells uh who's the guy Tim Hutton Tim Robbins Tim Robbins Tim Robbins to throw it hit the hit the mascot <laughs> This sounds
2: like a guy who's going in for retaliation purposes
0: Oh yeah, the, he's the guy. This is the
2: reliever who goes in to hit somebody <laughs> goes in the in the face. And Yeah,
0: hits somebody. Yeah. Well, they figure if he can throw ninety six, man, bring him in and maybe he can he can get crafty later.
1: It's not just about craftiness. Again,
0: it's it's can you, you know, hit what you're throwing at? You got to throw strikes. Well, maybe maybe in the contest, I don't know how it was lined up. Maybe you had to hit a certain target. You know, like those long drive contests, you have to keep it in the fairway because if you're if you're bombing it, but you're. Way off target, then those drives don't count. Right, those those big uh
1: big drive contests or whatever. Those guys aren't on tour.
0: But think about this: this guy just shows up at a game and he goes out and chucks it like that. And next thing you know, he's playing professional baseball. That's pretty cool. I like that. I like the idea of it. It makes me happy that it can happen. Yeah, it's a cool story. Oh, no, he may not. I don't know how far he'll go or whether he has the potential, like you're talking about, if he's wild or whatever. Maybe he can learn to control it. It is a cool story, though.
1: No doubt about it. I like it. it. All right, not Sports Report coming up right around the corner. We'll let you hear from uh, Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.
3: This Is Tony Parks and Austin Horton.
1: Riley Jensen, the quarterback, Tyler Huntley. What should have a Ute fan excited about what he can do this year?
0: My thought about him is that when he's being authentic like he was in that four-game stretch, where,
2: you know, we're not trying to prove to everybody that we can throw the ball. We're not trying to prove to everybody that we can run
0: the ball. We're just being what we are. I think he's really good. I have a lot of confidence in Andy Ludwig. He understands psychology of playing quarterback, and I just think you're going to see a much improved Tyler Huntley. I think he has the best coach that he's
2: had since he's been there as an offensive coordinator. I think when you have a good offensive coordinator as a quarterback, they just naturally put you in situations to succeed. Yeah.
3: Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network check this out and now your not sports report on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
1: show 97.5 1280 the zone want to remind you join scotty enhance coming up next wednesday from noon to three at sound sleep medical eighty nine forty one south 700 east right there in sandy it is time gordon for the not sports report that's brought to you each and every day by our good friends at the lhm used car supermarket thousands of of used vehicles and inventory, shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? We're going to Detroit, or near
0: Detroit. Detroit? Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's just a cautionary tale here, remember who you are, and be careful out there, okay? So this 65-year-old Detroit man, he shows up at a waterfront restaurant... Near Detroit, on the Detroit River. And he's in a boat with six other people. Okay. So they go to this waterfront restaurant, a nice place, on Sunday. Where he and six, according to the police report, bikini-clad women, Um, all half his age. Now I know why you picked this story. They drive up in the boat. And they were refused service at the restaurant and asked to leave by the staff for all of them reportedly being too intoxicated to serve. You don't say. Wait, to serve? Uh, Is there such a thing? To serve them. I guess so. I guess they have rules here. And so the uh, man and his entourage, if that's what you want to call it, refused to leave the restaurant okay
1: I'm gonna finish my coffee
0: so the manager called of the restaurant called the police-hmm he said thankfully there was no damage just disrespectful drunk people the man hurled insults and threats at uh, random people and staff at the restaurant and uh, the police came show it up. And the, by that time, the, men, the man and his six bikini-clad women were out on the dock. And he cranked the radio in his boat so loud that no one could hear what they were saying. <laughs> so the police go down to get him, and he takes off in his boat. Fires off the dock, and he's flying down the Detroit River. So police officers in a boat pursued him and as they were chasing him down he waved his middle finger at the police well they eventually caught him Mm -hmm. hauled him in so what went wrong here jake (laughs) where do you want to start (laughs) (laughs) what can we draw from this particular anecdote well that particular
1: guy around beer 14 probably should (laughs) have thought you know is this too much?
0: What uh, is a 65-year-old man doing with a bunch of 30-year-old bikini-clad women in his boat? Sounds paying like a money. money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he paid for the booze, you think, allegedly. The boat. And, and for the... And uh, the babes, yeah. <laughs> babes in a boat. In the bikinis, Yeah. And they show up at the restaurant and cause a scene, cause a ruckus and refused to leave. Hmm. All right. Maybe if you're driving a boat you should not be intoxicated. Nope, pretty sure there are some really good laws against that. Yeah. Luckily in this case nobody got hurt, but 3 people were arrested.
1: Apparently Only three.
0: 2 of the bikini clad. 2 women. of the babes, huh? Yeah. The others Did they say been. what they were arrested the others, for? The others must have been well behaved. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't mention that in the report. Hmm. You know, someone tells me it's not a good idea. There's a lot, well. There's a lot of things here, but don't be flipping off the police as you're driving a boat drunk.
1: No, it's probably well. Let's let's say don't flip off the police. Period. That's probably a pretty good place to start.
0: <laughs> that police, and don't operate the boat <laughs> drunk. Yeah. The police said that the good business owner did the right thing. By calling the police and not trying to handle it himself, he didn't go out and try to sink the man's boat. What kind of music do you think he cranked up? Yeah, that's a
1: good point. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe
0: a but good sturdy
1: you, polka.
3: But what would you
0: do if if a, if the drunk guy is going is firing up his boat and he's leaving and he's drunk? Would you try to intervene? Would you pull the plug on his boat? No, I, calling the cops is probably the way to go there. <laughs> Well, he didn't respond to the
1: police officer's uh, demands, commands. But that is there. That is the the police.
0: That's the police officer's job, though. Does the story get mitigated a tad bit by having six bikini-clad women no. involved in it? it? It doesn't. No,
1: you just keep bringing that up
0: again. I, <laughs> I, I know wonder, exactly why add, you picked that does story. Does it add humor to the story? Does it, does it? Does it? Does it? Would you encourage the police to maybe to have a softer touch?
2: To me, it makes it sound like he's getting out of this, like he's so rich that he just is going to get out of this. That he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a great point. He probably just thinks, oh, just, yeah. Okay. Because most people don't flee the police with a middle finger. Right. In their luxury craft. Right. Yeah.
2: All right. Sending women flying off the boat as he hits the gas.
1: (laughs) This sounds like a story that could conceivably happen to Gordon, no? No. Conceivably,
2: yes. Yeah. He keeps bringing up that one part of the story. He does, yeah.
0: over and over again. Well, the boat. Have you ever gone to a restaurant via boat? <laughs> no. It's pretty fun. That's a cool thing to do. Went Is to, it? I went to a place called the Canal House off the uh, the Chesapeake one year. And it was really cool because have you ever heard of the C&D Canal? No. It uh, It's the canal that connects the Chesapeake with the Delaware and so boats come through there from Baltimore to Philadelphia. They come through on that. Anyway, at this restaurant, you could ride up in your boat and dock it and then go into the restaurant. And then when the big ships go by, they just they they, they pull the house lights down and shine these huge spotlights up on the up on the ships as they go by. Really, really cool. Nice. But don't do it drunk. Do it with six bikini clad women if you want. Again, brought that part up again, huh? <laughs>
1: but ease off on the booze. That's all I'm saying. Or at least behave yourself.
0: Now I got a powerful appetite to go to the Canal House again. I don't even know if it's there anymore.
1: But, see, this is how the, the booze gets a bad rap. Right. You know, this guy, uh, this
3: guy was— He's just his, a
1: jerk. His behavior, he needs to own his behavior. Everybody goes, oh, well, he was just hammered. Well, there are plenty of hammered people out there that don't cause a scene like this. <laughs> I would
2: say 98% of them. Right. Mm. All right.
0: Well, anyway, there's your night nice sports report.
1: Oh, it was terrific. <laughs> <laughs> Who was he
0: with again? Six— Bikini-clad
1: women who were half his age. You don't say. I missed that part. <laughs>
0: yeah, thirty is that's the prime of life. Those
1: sound it? like some real professional gals.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to comment. I have no clue about that. <laughs> but this guy, this guy apparently had a really nice boat, had a lot of booze,
1: and had a lot of money. Stay tuned. We'll let you hear from Mark Harlan coming up next, (laughs) 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.